Are you ready? All right, everyone. Thank you for returning once again to Things You're Not Supposed to Talk About with Louis G. That is me, and I'm happy to have you back once again for this serious subject. Today's title is Covenant School Shooter, Man or Woman. I mean, does it really matter? No, it doesn't. A bunch of kids are dead. A bunch of people are dead. And it's, you know, awful, right? Um, So I got an article here from CNN talking about Audrey Hale, the Nashville school shooter, uh, the Covenant school shooter. And um, I'm going to read you some of this article. I'm going to read you most of it, I think, because I think it's important. Uh, uh, Well, this article is, well, you'll hear it, okay? Because I've made some changes to it. I made some changes to it that they didn't make the changes to, and that's why I want to read it to you. That's what I did. Um, Audrey Hale, a 28-year-old former Covenant School student who killed six people at the school Monday, carefully planned the attack, according to officials. This is true. Uh, Him, he, Hale's parents, who lived with the shooter, said him, he, Hale, was under a doctor's care for an emotional disorder, Nashville Police Chief John Drake said at a news conference on Tuesday. Uh, Him, he? had various writings and maps of the schools, as well as drawings of how to enter, Drake said. Police know him he left home Monday morning with a red bag and that him he's mother did not know weapons were inside. While the shooter's gender identity is unclear, police told CNN that Hale was assigned female at birth and used male pronouns on social media. You now, I mean, if you pull his pants down, right, you're going to figure out, right? who hell was, I promise. So, you know, it's not hard. But him, he sent an eerie Instagram message to Avriana Patton, a former basketball teammate, and said she is still trying to process it all. I didn't know the adult. I didn't know that side of her, said Patton. Patton said she received the Instagram message at 9.57 a.m., which read, one day this will make more sense. I've left more than enough evidence behind, but something bad is about to happen, according to screen grabs sent by CNN affiliate WTVF. Patton said she was not sure why Hale reached out. I'm asking God the same question, Patton said. When they were on the team together, Patton said Hale was very quiet, very shy, and they joked around together a lot. We got to see her grow in her skills on the court, said Patton Tuesday evening. We did really good that year. We went all the way to the city championships. So it was a really good year for us. We had a real camaraderie as girls, right, on a girls' basketball team. That's what this girl Patton is telling you. All right. Him, he graduated from Nossie College of Arts and Design in Nashville last year. The school's president confirmed to CNN. A LinkedIn profile says he, him, worked as a freelance graphic designer at a part-time grocery shopper. And a part-time grocery shopper, excuse me. Over the last year, him, he posted on Facebook about the death of a girl who him, he apparently played basketball with as well as a result to be referred by the name Aiden and male pronouns, a former teacher told CNN. All right. Him, he was transgender, police have said. The only thing I would see Hale post about was this girl, said the teacher, Marie Colomy, who taught Hale for two semesters in 2017 at Nosey College. From what I saw on her social media, Hale was suffering, Colomy said. 
Colony also described Hale becoming upset on the first day of class when unable to figure out how to set up a password. Hale had to leave the classroom, Colony said, adding it was Hale's only outburst. Uh, Colony described Hale as confident, but not an outwardly confident or boisterous person. She was very quiet, very good at school, very good at art, and very good at her illustration, she said. Everything I saw from her was very professional. Hale's illustration illustration work was whimsical and childlike, Colomé said, describing the student as small and quiet. I could have seen Hale doing children's books for a living, she said. When you work on a campus, there are always one or two people who are in the back of your mind that you think something could happen, Colomé said. She, Hale, would have been the last person on that list. You know, you know what's wrong with this article? Everything, right? Everything that has to do with respect to science, religion, humanity, and especially journalism. Okay? That's what's wrong with this article. Because I put the he-hims in there. They kept using, they kept using um, she. And that's not what Hale wanted to be referred to as a 28-year-old adult person. As a 28-year-old adult person, Audrey Hale wanted to be Aiden Hale and wanted to be known, known as he, him. And that's why I put it in there. But um, CNN doesn't have enough respect for Aiden's wants and needs to do that. Because if they did, <clears throat> then the article would glaringly point out that Aiden or he, him, Aiden, was transgender. And that does not follow any type of narrative that CNN wants out there from their company, from their social media outlet, because this is, CNN is, this is not a news article, right? This is not a news article. If this is a news article, they would, they would print the proper thing. They're not doing that. So it, they're, they're, they're hiding something here in this article, which means it's not a news article anymore. All right. That's all I have to say about that. Silly. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think that's what they should be doing, right? Uh, I think it's wrong of them that they're doing that. Is Audrey Hale a man or a woman? Does it really matter? Yeah, it does now because you're making it matter. Because for 50 years, people have been talking about how white, toxic men are prone to serial killing and spree killings. And here's a white, toxic him, he, right? Who is displaying all those same qualities and suddenly no one can get a simple fact correct. Who is this person? It's not, you know, it's not hard to figure out who someone is anymore. People bear their souls online as if there was a ther- if, if it was a therapy office. Th- this person did the same. I have changed this article to reflect how the article should have sounded coming from CNN. But not once in this article does he, him, uh, appear. Right? A, a, a good friend calls him, he, him by anything other than her. It's, it's because of the, well, their, first, well, their real first name. It's because that's who they knew them as. Right? This person, Ariana, she didn't know Audrey Hale as Aiden Hale. So she had no idea that this was going on. As a matter of fact, it didn't sound like they were great friends any longer anyway. They just played basketball, you know, up until sixth grade. So why is that? You know, I'll tell you why. Because Audrey didn't have these issues at the Christian school. That's why. She had them when she started to go to college or after college. And it's not the college's fault. It's certainly... Audrey's fault. Audrey was not dressing like a boy or demanding that anyone call her anything at the Christian school. There's no evidence for any of that. 
The Christian school wasn't trying to oppress Audrey's sexuality. Life was doing that to Audrey. Or Audrey was doing that to Audrey. Or maybe that's not what was going on at all. How about that? Maybe this wasn't a problem at all until 2020. Audrey was being helped with a mental issue, but this article does not delve into what that could be. Audrey was obsessed with a girl she had played basketball with because this person had died. If Audrey was not in love with this person, then Audrey loved her deeply. Either way, she was not exploring that at the Christian school either. We know this because her good friend was taken aback by the change and had not seen that side of Audrey. Yet, they shared a locker room together as children. CNN is so confused by this event that they consistently use Audrey's real name instead of the one she wanted. And everyone who speaks about her uses her born with gender to describe her. Why isn't anyone respecting the change that Audrey wanted to reflect and make permanent by killing a bunch of kids for it? Because she did not kill kids as Audrey. She did it as Aiden. That's why. Uh, in the Daily Beast, as an article by the Daily Beast, a source close to the Hale family told the Daily Beast on Monday night that Hale was autistic but high-functioning. So she was on the spectrum. Uh, and relatively recently announced she was transgender. So relatively recently, within the last year or two. Identifying as him, he, the source said, asking to remain unnamed to avoid additional family strife. While police initially described the suspect as a 28-year-old white woman, a LinkedIn profile, which the source confirmed to the Daily Beast as belonging to Hale, listed him, he pronouns. Nashville Police Chief John Drake said at the press conference Monday afternoon that Hale was transgender. So a search of Hale's home turned up maps drawn to the school in detail. So there was surveillance, entry points, and etc. Uh, Drake had said that, as well as a manifesto and some writings that pertain to this date, the actual incident of how this was all going to take place inside a Honda Fit that Hale drove and parked at the church bases uh, a base school's campus Friday morning, cops found additional material written by Hale, police said in a tweet. Speaking to NBC News, Drake suggested that resentment for having to go to that school may have been a factor in the attack. While he did not elaborate on the possible motive, he said Hale targeted random students. Whoever she came in contact with, she fired rounds at. The Covenant School, which has about 200 students in preschool to sixth grade, was the only school that was targeted, he said. A second location was mentioned, but later abandoned because of a threat assessment by the suspect. There was too much security. Minutes before the shooting, Hale sent a series of dark Instagram messages to a friend uh, who shared them with WTVF. And um, said one of them said, you'll probably hear about me on the news after I die. Uh, and that was sent to Avriana Patton, a former middle school basketball teammate who's, who we talked about in the CNN article. Uh, she also said, this is my last goodbye. I love you. See you again in another life. Very dramatic. Uh, reach by phone. Hale's mother, Norma Fort Hale, who worked at a non-denominational church in Nashville, told ABC News reporter, it's very difficult now. We ask for privacy. I really can't talk right now. I think I lost my daughter today. A neighbor, Sandy Durham, who is also a family friend of the Hales, said the ATF told her they were there to see what was going on next door at the house at the Hale house. She goes, I do know Audrey, and I've known her since she was a baby. And I've had just gotten out of the shower when all of this started happening. I didn't really know anything more than that. Something was going on next door. It's just tragic for everybody. The sweet children that were hurt 
killed the adults, all of it, she told the Daily Beast. Asked if there were any warning signs about Hale, Durham responded, never. She was very sweet. I don't know what happened. It's very scary. Uh, another resident of the neighborhood who asked to be identified only by his first name, which is Sean, said the Hales were our neighbors for basically ever on that street, as long as he could remember growing up as a kid. Hale was a normal, nice person, maybe a little quiet, he said. If I had to imagine, Audrey's parents are probably not, are probably just as shocked as everybody in this neighborhood is. It doesn't seem real, he said. There's nothing that would have led me to believe that she was capable of such a thing or that she or anybody in that family would have access to, much less ever used, a gun. They just just seemed like the family that like it is around guns. They, they, don't, they don't talk about going to a gun range, and they're not going to go hunting. So they're never around guns. You know, after reading all this stuff, you ask yourself a bunch of questions, right? I know I do. And I, I think I know some people in my lifetime who have hidden their sexuality throughout their entire lives, and yet and yet, they weren't ashamed about who they were, and they weren't really trying to hide it so much as it wasn't the thing that they wanted to talk about the most, right? <clears throat> and so I asked myself some questions about how can a hidden sexuality bring about violence? I mean, right? Because obviously, Audrey Hale had something hidden about her that no one knew and no one could predict. And only Audrey knew about it. And it was this Aiden thing, person that she had going on within her. And I don't understand it because I'm not a therapist, right? And neither are you, but I am a student of, of, of humanity. And I, I write books on these things. Uh, I write complex pieces on them. And I talk about them here in my podcast in a complex way. And you've got to start asking yourself some complex questions. So the first one I ask is, how could hidden sexuality bring about, you know, violence? And it's important to note that having a hidden sexual preference in and, out, in and of itself, right, does not necessarily bring about violence. That's silly. However, in some cases, a hidden sexual preference can be a contributing factor to violent behavior. Like one possible scenario is when an individual feels shame or guilt about their sexual preference, particularly if it deviates from social societal norms. This can lead to internalized homophobias or other negative feelings, which may manifest in aggressive or violent behavior towards others, especially those who embody or openly express the same preference. Additionally, if an individual is unable to openly express their sexual preference, they may feel frustrated, isolated, or misunderstood. These feelings can also contribute to violent behavior, particularly in the individual if the individual lacks healthy coping mechanisms to deal with their emotions. You know, it's important to note that sexual preference alone is not a reliable predictor of violent behavior, it's, and it's not. And there are many factors that can contribute to violence, including underlying mental health issues, yes, and past trauma and access to weapons or other means of violence. So, um, I mean, you know, you, you could be so repressed in your thinking that you lash out at the world and you do that in whatever way is going to get you noticed the most. I'm going to tell you that right now. So now you have to ask yourself another question. Uh, if an individual is unable to openly express their sexual preference, what are some of the feelings they may have that would lead to gun violence? And, and 
you ask that question specifically to Google and, you know, you get a crazy number of articles about gun violence and then you start to get your statistical articles from Pew Research and things like that, which I love, by the way, you know that. If you, if you listen to this podcast, you know I love Pew and, Stat- and Statista. But um, it's important to note that being unable to openly express one's sexual preference does not necessarily lead to gun violence, okay? However, if an individual is struggling with, struggling with feelings of shame, guilt, or frustration related to their sexual preference, they may be more vulnerable to experiencing a range of negative emotions that could potentially lead to a violent gun behavior. Now, some of these feelings that could uh, contribute to gun violence and included, and, and, he, I, and when I look and I do my research, I come up with the same answers all the time. And when that happens to me, patterns start to show up and I start to investigate the pattern within the pattern, right? So I'm going to give you the first pattern I see, and here it is. Um, it's anger, frustration, shame, and fear, right? So anger, if, if an individual feels that they're being unfairly discriminated against or persecuted because of their sexual preference, they may experience, experience intense feelings of anger. This could be directed towards individuals, groups, or societies. Did it, Kate, now, now I ask now, I'm asking you within this little group, within this little, in this little thing here, did a K through six school do this to her? And the answer is going to be right. No. So the next one is frustration. If an individual is unable to express their sexual preference, they may feel frustrated, isolated, and, and misunderstood. These feelings of frustration could potentially build up over time and lead to a violent outburst involving a weapon. But I got to ask myself, did a K through six school do that to her you're right the answer is going to be no again even if i add did a k through six religious school do this to her the answer is no everybody knew her as audrey in there all right shame if an individual feels ashamed of their sexual preference they may internalize these feelings and feel a self of self-loathing this sense of shame and self-loathing could potentially lead to a violent behavior particularly if the individual feels that they have nothing left to lose. And once again, did a K through six school do, a religious K through six school do this to her? It's crazy. If you say yes to that, it's crazy. You could, you could say it could have, right? That it imprinted on her in an early age. I get the argument. Look, let's cut that down right now because it didn't do that to anybody else there. Not yet. Uh, then there's fear. If an individual is living in a community or society that is hostile towards their sexual preference, they may experience intense feelings of fear or paranoia. These feelings of fear could potentially lead the individual to arm themselves for self-protection and ultimately lead to a violent behavior. So did a K through six religious school do that to her, create that kind of fear in her while she was playing basketball and enjoying a a, a ride to the championship in the States? Uh, Nope. Especially not in her last year. That's a great memory. So, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. Right? So then you start asking a question. Right? Tiered thinking happens on this show, folks. Here comes some more tiered thinking. How does shame play a part in violence committed by the LGBTQ community? Because what does shame have to do with all of this? Aren't we supposed to be proud of who we are? Who's bringing the shame to the table? And shame can play a complex and multifaceted role in contributing to uh, violence committed by members of the LGBTQ community. It is important to note that not all members of the LGBTQ community engage in violent behavior. 
and that the factors that contribute to violence are complex and varied. And the LGBTQ community has a lot of complex and varied things going on there. However, for some individuals, shame related to their status as an LGBTQ identity can contribute to a range of negative emotions and behaviors, including violence. And here are some ways in which shame can play a role. It can internalize homophobia, right? Individuals who feel shame about their LGBTQ identity may internalize negative societal attitudes towards, uh, towards themselves, towards people like them, leading to a sense of self-loathing and internalized homophobia. This can contribute to feelings of anger, depression, and anxiety, which can in turn contribute to violent behavior. You've got self-harm. In some cases, uh, individuals who feel shame about their LGBTQ identity may engage in self-harm as a way to cope with their negative emotions. With the self-harm, uh, with self-harm is not necessarily violent towards others. It can be an indicator of underlying emotional distress that could potentially lead to violent behavior towards others because they're going to get tired of harming themselves. You know, there's a lot of disordered thinking going on. Shame, can, this show is not a place where disordered thinking happens, but we know what it looks like. Shame uh, can contribute to disordered thinking, leading individuals to adopt extreme or irrational beliefs that may contribute to violent behavior. For example, an individual who feels ashamed of their LGBTQ identity may adopt a belief system that justifies violent behavior towards themselves or others. And then there's a lack of social support. If an individual feels shame about their identity, they may be less likely to seek out social support or to engage with, with folks in that community. This lack of social support can contribute to feelings of isolation and despair, which can in turn contribute to violent behavior. Okay, so four shooters out of every 300 mass shooters since 2009 are transgender or non-binary. How about that? You know, that's 1.3% of all shooters. And that's a, 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 a note from Anthony Zenkis, who's a lecturer in social work at Columbia University. Uh, and he writes on Twitter, 99% of mass shooters in the United States are regular males. That's all. Regular are, 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 are who they are, either male or female. So, so what? I mean, they're still there and they're still a threat apparently, right? That 1.3% is still there and it's still a threat. Uh, in col and here's, here's, some, here's some points. And you don't hear about these points. In Colorado Springs, November 19, uh, 2022, right? A mass shooting that began before midnight at an LGBTQ nightclub left uh, five people dead and 25 people injured. Lee Aldridge, 22, was identified as a shooter and has since been charged with more than 300 criminal in indictments. He currently remains in custody in his waiting trial and is identified as <clears throat> transgender. Once to, uh, at Denver, Colorado, May 17th, uh, 2019, one student was killed and a further eight were injured during a shooting at a STEM school, Highlands Ranch, south of Denver. Devin Everickson, who was 18 at the time, and then 16-year-old Alec McKinney entered the school with several concealed weapons before carrying out the attack. Uh, McKinney was born female but asked to be referred to as a male as they were traditioning at the time of the shooting. Both of them. All right. Uh, Aberdeen, Maryland, September 20th, 2018, four people were shot and killed at a pharmaceutical distribution center in the city located 26 miles north of East Boston, uh, uh, rather East Baltimore. Uh, the suspect had opened fire after entering the facility shortly after 9 a.m. Before shooting themselves in the head, they later died of their wounds. Police said the shooter was Snochia Mosley, a 26-year-old who they identified as female. A friend told the Washington Post that Mosley had suffered from bipolar disorder and depression, which they linked to feelings of rejection when Mosley had first come out as gay and later transgender. Uh, the friend said Mosley had begun receiving hormone therapy a year prior to the incident and planned to undergo gender reassignment surgery, but had been struggling with the trans uh, transition. Uh, 
Crazy, right? You don't really hear too much about those things. I wonder why. Well, the, from Pew Research, uh, uh, what are their fact tanks? What does it say about gun deaths in the U.S., right? Just to say what, what, what happens with gun, what's going on with gun deaths? Let's be fair, okay? We're, not, we're just talking about whether or not transgenders can go ahead and kill people. Well, of course they can. Don't be silly, all right? You just don't, don't want to admit that. Uh, but anybody can kill anybody. This is a fact. And if you watched enough Godfather movies, you know Michael Corleone said that anybody can be gotten to at any time. All right? There you go. But in 2020, the most recent year for which complete data is available, 45,222 people died from gun-related injuries in the United States, according to the CDC. That figure includes gun murders and gun suicides. Let me tell you, 23,000 people died of gun suicides. Okay? That's more people hurting themselves than hurting others with a gun. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a lot. That's a a lot of suicides. It's 54%. 54% and 43% were murders. And that's all according to the CDC. The remaining gun deaths that year were unintentional, involved law enforcement, or had undetermined circumstances. So unintentional was 535 incidents, and law enforcement incidents were 611. And undetermined circumstances were 400. So what share of all murders and suicides in the, in the United States involve a gun? 79%. That's it. 79%. The FBI, FBI collects data on active shooter incidents, which it identifies as one or more individuals actively engaged in killing or attempting to kill people in a populated area. Using the FBI's definition... 38 people, excluding the shooters, died in such incidents in 2020. The Gun Violence Archive, on an, an online database of gun violence incidents in the U.S., defines mass shootings as incidents in which four or more people are shot, even if no one was killed. Again, excluding shooters, using this definition, 513 people died in these incidents in 2020. Regardless of the definition being used, Fatalities and mass shooting incidents in the United States account for a small fraction of all gun murders that occur nationwide each year. They're just the ones that are most popularized or most sensationalized. Uh, The Gun Violence Archive, an online database of gun violence incidents in the U.S., defines mass shootings as incidents in which, you know, four more people are shot, right? So regardless of the definition being used, fatalities and mass shootings and incidents in the U.S., like I said before, They account for a small fraction of all gun murders that occur nationwide each year. In 2020, handguns were involved in 59% of the 13,620 U.S. gun murders and non-negligent manslaughters for which data is available, according to the FBI. Rifles, the category that includes guns, sometimes referred to as assault weapons, were involved in 3% of firearm murders. Shotguns were involved in 1%. And the remainder of gun homicides and non-negligent manslaughters, 36%, involved other kinds of firearms or those classified as type not stated. So, you know, knowing all of this, asking yourself all these questions, coming up with all of these answers... Um, why did Audrey Hale choose an assault-style weapon and not a handgun? Why'd she do that? Or why did Aiden Hale do that? Right? 
And I'm going to tell you, it was because of sensationalism. That weapon was chosen, purchased on purpose because they could choose to buy it. At 28 years old, that young lady could walk into the shop as herself and innocently buy that weapon. And they had to do it as Audrey. And she used Audrey's power to get it done. And then Aiden used what Audrey did, right, with that weapon to sensationalize, to be sensationalized using that weapon. That's what happened with that weapon. That's why they chose that weapon because they could have they could have used, used a handgun first, but they didn't. She had a handgun with her. She didn't use it. And it's easier to use a handgun, I promise. And faster, by the way. All right. So why did Hale choose the school she attended before she was prepubescent and not her high school or her college? I'm going to say because it was the only religious school uh, she could do it to. That's what I'm going to say. She chose a religious school on purpose. She chose a religious school on purpose. Again, sensationalism. Something is affecting Audrey Hale's thinking. I wonder what that could be. Um, why the place where everybody only knew her as Audrey anyway? Right? Nobody, nobody knew Aiden Hale. Who the hell's Aiden Hale? In that school, they don't know Aiden Hale. Who the hell's Aiden Hale? Right? I'll tell you why. Because she announced herself loudly and proudly as someone else when she did that. When she was, when Audrey walked in there as Aiden, that's what she did. She made an announcement in that religious school with that over-sensationalized weapon of choice. Okay? And, and, and Audrey Hale was mentally ill. Right? And she was going to therapy. It wasn't because of who Audrey Hale was, okay? But it was because of what Audrey Hale had become. And I'm going to tell you what Audrey Hale did or what Aiden Hale did was place themselves in the space between. And in the space between, there's nothing. And I promise you, I know that space very well. Are you ready? Thank you, folks, for joining me today. I promise. Have a great day. Things you're not supposed to talk about with Louis G. We talked about it. It was a rough subject. Thank you for joining me.